Well, I don't know kind of when it stops being okay to say Happy New Year, but Happy New Year, because this is the first podcast amateur hour of 2021. Danny and I are glad you're hanging out with us. Danny Wexelman, the brains behind this operation, the leader, the producer, um, everything that goes on is because of Danny. I'm Darren Sutton. Uh, we host this podcast together. And we did something a little different in this podcast. I'm excited about it because at Perfect Games Main Event Showcase, which has a rich history of players going on to the professional ranks, uh, and it's also now Perfect Games' largest, ironically enough, in a unique time, largest showcase of the year, more than 1,000 athletes from the 13U age group on up, but a big focus on the underclass, right? Sophomores and juniors. That's where our podcast takes place. We got to know and we'll get to know instead of guys that are immediately going into the draft, these are guys that are going into the draft over the next couple of years. And Danny, it was fun to talk to UL Tejeda. He's a gifted Florida commit and he's a 22. His 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 size, his height is, is scary. He's just starting to grow and he's an interesting athlete, explosive certainly. And then Sam Erickson, who's out of Wisconsin, who... Once we peeled back the onions on Sam, we thought he might be quiet, a little traditional, younger. He's a 24 from the Midwest. He had great things to say. This turned out to be a really fun podcast. So first of all, I think you can say Happy New Year for at least two more weeks. I think like mid-January is fair to keep that going, especially if you haven't seen the person. So that's number one. Number two, having the chance to start the new year, rolling into the new year with these, these group of kids who are starting to climb through the ranks and figure themselves out. And also guys that, you know, we've seen Yoel, um, you know, the last year or so, we haven't had a chance to see a ton of Sam Erickson. And so to have a chance to sit down with this new crop of kids and remember that baseball is alive and well, and remember that there are so many talented guys out there who are just starting one of the biggest years of their lives, right? Freshman, sophomore in high school, getting ready to really showcase themselves. It was awesome. And these guys were entertaining and thoughtful and, and, you know, we had a blast with them sitting down um, in, in the depths of, of a ballpark and in the clubhouse. And it was kind of nitty gritty, um, but they opened up and, and that's really all you can ask for when it comes to, you know, making these kids sit down with us and, and answer our questions. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. It was a disaster back there. Not COVID disaster. <laughs> it wasn't like that. It was a disaster as it's a storage unit. It's it's the it's it's the national global storage unit for all things PG equipment and gear. And yeah. we, we squared out a space safely so we could do a we had a cool a lot of cool props though that we could set up. You, you guys will see them in the previews that we share on social. Uh, every PG on deck circle looking thing in the world was set behind us. So uh, it was a lot of fun. We also will, will, will get in touch with our scouts. We'll have our scouts eye segment because maybe your name, if you're listening or, or a player you're recruiting or a player you're a fan of, will end up on the report from three or four of our perfect game scouts that, you know, get on their own. They share their thoughts. What did they see? And we asked them to focus on this main event showcase. And then Hunter Pence will join us. And we love having Hunter's segment of this show, the recently retired major leaguer. Hunter's fun because Hunter is my co-host every Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Eastern on Sirius XM's ESPNU for Perfect Game College Baseball. He talks to Ray Birmingham, Ray Birmingham, the head coach at New Mexico. And Danny, what's fun about, the, what's fun about this conversation is that he and Ray go back and forth on when Hunter played against one of Ray's teams and basically saying, I was scared of all things tough, <laughs> all things tough New Mexico guy I was scared of. 
Okay. So let's paint a picture really quick for the scouts that are joining the podcast this week at the main event. These guys sit in a chair for 12 hours um, a day and are watching the drills and skills and they're watching BP and they're sitting there taking copious notes and grinding it out, making sure that they get eyes on every single kid that comes through this event, taking these notes, uploading them and just keeping them for later in life. When Darren and I go to them and say, Hey, what'd you think about this kid? Or what did you see um, from this kid back in 2021? So they, they really put their noses down and work so hard at these events. So I'm excited to, to hear about some of the guys that they saw and then Hunter and Ray Birmingham, um, you know, having a legend like Ray at talk to Hunter and, and kind of hear their back and forth is like, you know, I don't know if we should be privy to that conversation because it's so intimate and so special to them, but hearing Hunter, you know, talk about how important that program is and, and the, New Mexico kind of sets a different kind of standard for the rest of college baseball is really cool. So I'm glad we get that on the show this week. All right, let's get started. A lot of fun conversations in this one. We're glad you're hanging out with us for about an amateur hour. So we stand 6'6", 6'7". It's hard to tell. He's incredibly tall and he can even hop on the mound and do so with huge impact. He is a talented 2022. His name is Yoel Tejeda. And Danny, getting to know him was a joy. This is a man who's very... Very proud of his Cuban heritage as well. We had an incredible conversation with him. Yoel is a really thoughtful kid. I've seen him, I think the last year, year and a half, and he continues to grow, but he teaches us so much about himself and how he's managing his height and his weight and his aspirations are really high. And I thought it was pretty cool that we got to sit down with him at the main event and, and learn about how he's, you know, adapting and growing in his baseball life. All right, we are live on location for the Amateur Hour podcast powered by Perfect Game. And I'm so excited to bring in our first guest. Um, it's just, this is cool. It's a cool way to end the year. And we've seen each other uh, halfway through this year, the halfway point, um, and we've kind of watched you develop and evolve into the player that you are becoming. And just to start this year has been, you know, up and down, a lot of different things. But I know that there's a lot of guys who took advantage of this time. And I know there's some things that you have been working. You've been working on managing your height. You've been working on your infield skills. You're settled in trying to work at third base too. So what did you do to take advantage of this time in 2020 when you know you weren't playing or you weren't able to get to a field? Quick reminder, by the way, he's six foot six inches tall. There That's go. the height you're talking about. Yes. I totally interrupted. <laughs> and, and, and I don't know how live this is, but yeah, go ahead, answer a question. Um, so years before, like this really big year that we've had that's been not that good, um, I used to always just play, 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 and I was never able to like really work on like my, my physical self. So that's just pretty much the primary thing I've been working on, like being able to control my body, which is kind of hard because I'm really tall for a 17-year-old. And I've just really been well, working physically, most importantly, and that's just been helping me the most right now. Can you kind of describe that? Because for those of you who like haven't stood next to you or seen you, you know, we've talked about this, but what does it take to manage your body? What does that mean? And, and give us the details of um, maybe things that are harder for you when it comes to baseball and non-baseball things. Well, most importantly, being a hitter, I'm like so tall. I kind of, I have to be more like in balance with myself because I have to move more, but um, 
Uh, my coordination is probably the biggest thing that's kind of most issue that I have. So I have to work a lot of like agility, a lot of uh, body control, and just that's probably one of the biggest things. So at 6'6", six, six, well, I'll be safe. I have a mask on for those of you that are listening to this. Let's put, go shoulder to shoulder. You ready? Yeah. Shoulder to shoulder. Now hold your hand out. Look at that. So that's the length you're dealing with, right? I mean, if you hold it up, take it up in the air. Take it up, 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 right? So that's what you're trying to control. I'm 6'5". You're 6'6". Six, six. So you're trying to control those limbs as a hitter. Dude, not just a hitter, but a switch hitter. So you have two beautiful girlfriends, right? It's like being a switch hitter is managing two totally different human beings. Just let me know how you do it, how you did it during the pandemic, how you'll stand at a tee, and maybe you can get some work in on your own, and maybe something clicks, right? Or what's your natural side, by the way? Um, lefty. So, you know, right-handed, something clicks, you, you put it into play. How do you constantly maintain that length and still be a solid switch hitter? Well, I hit lefty most of the time anyways, because there's a lot of righty pitchers. So normally I hit double the amount of times that I hit uh, lefty. I have to do a righty. So. But I have more control righty, actually, because I'm, I'm a righty thrower. So that um, I'm actually a better controlled hitter righty. But lefty-wise, it's just all natural. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> it just comes to me all the time. What, what's your biggest kryptonite? You know what kryptonite is. Superman, yeah. kryptonite, that whole thing. What's your biggest kryptonite? I mean, the thing that you say is the switcher. This is the hardest part for me, Seth. This is the part that, even if I play 20 years in the big leagues, I'll always be battling it. What is it as far as being a switch hitter? Honestly, it's switching sides in a game. Okay. Because you're so used to going to one side and then you have to like, it's like you have to kind of like warm it up to switch it all around and go to the other side. But that's probably the biggest thing, like switching in game both sides. Can you eat whatever you want, by the way, to gain that weight? Yeah. And, and does it help? Yeah. Um, not really. Really? Yeah. I mean, you're getting bigger and stronger for sure. It just takes a while. And, and sorry, DM Bogarting, because I'm almost done. If, you, if I were to say plus, what are you now weight-wise? What are you? 205. And if I were to say I'd like to be plus what? What's that number? Um, 220. So just plus 15. You can get there. Yeah. You say just. Well, yeah, it's not I've just. I've been trying to be there for like yeah. two years. I mean, is that seriously like a, a Subway sandwich? Eat it and nothing happens? Nothing happens. Nope. Wow. I'm actually, I, you. I normally eat at my house like rice, beans, chicken every day and nothing happens. It's, it's crazy. So I hear all of these things that you can do, right? You're switch hitting, you're playing multiple positions, you pitch. There's a lot of different things going on. What are you most proud of in your game? There's a lot of things, but which, which part? Um, honestly, how, how good I can do both with how big I am and I still have to like, I still have a lot of uh, work that I know that I can keep going. Mm-hmm because I can pitch really well and then I can hit both sides really well. And it's just, I'm actually really uh, proud of that, how I can do that. I love that, I love hearing that. And the opposite side holes in your game, right? Mm-hmm. No one's perfect yet, mm-hmm. right? Striving to get there, but yeah. what, what are some of the holes and how are you trying to plug them up? Um, what do you mean, like? Holes in your game, like what are things that you oh. want to get better at? Um, well, most importantly, I just want to get bigger, obviously, so I can, because it, it really impacts you. Yeah. But um, just trying to stay consistent all the time is actually really hard. Mm-hmm. And that's probably the biggest thing I need to do, because I know I can do it. It's just consistency is just the biggest problem. So when you come to an event like this, we know who you are. Mm-hmm. We know your name. What are you trying to prove? What do you want to show here? I'm just trying to prove what I, I know I can prove on a daily basis. That's just and keep showing what I am and know what I can show, which I have shown, but yeah. I want to keep doing it. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm.
When, when did your dad and your family, when did they move to the United States? From Cuba, make that clear to all uh, our listeners, from Cuba. 1999. So not long ago? No. Not long ago. What do you know about Cuba? What do you know, you know from their stories? What do you know about baseball in Cuba? Um, you know, what are you proud of most being Cuban? Kind of a three-parter there. So I'm proud of being Cuban because they're like a really big family culture. Like they really like to be together. They take that really type of like loving family environment. And what I know about baseball is there's, it's not like here where you have like a future in baseball. Over there, it's, you play for like no money, nothing. And it's just like a lot of passion what people really play for over there. And that's just kind of what my parents, my dad has brought into me, like to do it for passion, not just for like interest or stuff like that. And that's just probably what I've learned from it the most. What do you know, what do you know about his career when he played? Um, I know he always tries to tell me like, you know, <laughs> oh, I'm better or whatever. But I think now he's finally given in that I'm a little bit better. But um, he wasn't really like a, he was like a really good hitter actually. He has like a lot of records over there, but he was more of like a normal base hitter, not like a home run hitter. Like, Right. Like me. Like you. Yeah. I like how you added that. Well done by you. Uh, so if I'm coming to your home and, I, and I'm going to sit down and, and spend time with Yoel and Maria, not you, but dad and Maria, um, tell me a little bit about mom. Like, what, what, what is mom passionate about? Um, you know, what, what's the last great piece of advice mom gave you? A lot of times when I have these conversations with you guys in your age, and there's nothing wrong with this, but I always hear, mom takes me to my games, mom cleans my dirty underwear, and mom makes me great food. Well, that's kind of a given. If a mom's in and she's clocked in as a mom, that's a given. Beyond that stuff, tell me some stuff you've learned from your mom. My mom has actually been uh, the one that's taught me the most how to like not let people pressure you or like not be like so want to do more than what I can do. Cause um, you know, like with my dad and stuff, I have to work a lot and and it, it gets like it gets to you sometimes. But my mom is like the the one that relaxes me the most. She's just always there for me. But she probably doesn't put up a slacking in the classroom. Uh, no. Do you slack oh, in the classroom? Yeah. No, no. no. She, she never did. And, and thankfully, I've never had to like, okay. give her worries about that. So. You're like an AB guy? You're yeah, doing okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> you got to know. You got to check. Yeah, yeah. It's I'm important. just saying that yeah. answer. I got to go back to that. That answer of, yeah, I love my mom. She's great. She drives me to the games. And, <laughs> and you know, there's nothing wrong with that. That's showing up as a parent, sure. right? Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm just venting. We like to give love to the moms. I yeah. love giving love to the moms, but I want to challenge all you young men out there to just think a little bit past she drives me to the game and she washes my socks. Right, right. Sorry. You're good. Okay. I want to talk about your family a little <laughs> bit more. So they came, your whole family came to this event um, that we're at right now. Mm -hmm. What does that mean to you? It's actually really big because now, um, now I get to spend New Year's with them, which is actually really big because we all like being in family. My whole family's here, the newborn, I'm an uncle now, so. Big deal. Yeah. Love it. And then we have like even more family coming for the 31st and we're just gonna spend a good time here. And it's really big for me that I can like be with everybody, you know, and yeah. How, how do you feel like your family um, balances you? And you know, Darren's talking about the different roles that mom and dad plays, but how, how do they balance you because I think that what you possess in your height and your talent is rare. Mm -hmm. um, we don't see it as often. And so as you start to rise and, and you know, people are paying even closer attention to you, how do they balance you? They just always tell me like, you know, because of my height, like it's, it's not that uh, easy, like it's pretty rare. Mm -hmm. So they always, always tell me what I have, like my future, how good it can be. They always just push me, always be the best. And, my sister always kind of gets jealous about it, but yeah. 
<laughs> How old is your sister? Uh, 24. Okay, so yeah. she's a little bit older. Yeah. Okay, and when you think about yourself in a few years, um, what do you what do you see for yourself? Um, I see myself at like at the reaching what I know I could have, like what I knew I could have always done. Mm -hmm. And just being at that level, like happy and proud that I made everybody like happy in my family, which is really important for me. And just, yeah. And real quick, so when you see all the other guys out here, you know, in your class, in different classes, what do you, what do you see in yourself that makes you stand out? Like, what do you feel like is so special besides your height and besides your, your switch hitting? Like, what makes you so special? Um, the fact that I already went through that and I don't have to like be so like pressured on myself about it and I'm just like more relaxed. I'm just trying to do what I can do. Mm -hmm. And that's just honestly my advantage in my opinion. Like yeah. I already went through that and it's here now. Yankees, what do you got for me? What do you got? Is sure. that your team too? It is. I don't really have a favorite MLB team, but Yankees would probably be my chosen one. But I guess where I'm going with that is that, that that's supposed to be your answer, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what dad would say. So, yeah. so, so, so you're 6'6". Six, six. Danny ticked me off to this, obviously, but you're 6'6". Six, six, so Judge has got to be a guy you look yeah, at, right, yeah, Aaron Judge? Definitely. When you watch him, what have you learned? I mean, you sit down, you watch him. You, you know, it's a great thing about technology now with you guys. You can be on your smartphone. And you can ease through his swing moment by moment. When you watch him in his swing, what jumps out to you? Well, obviously, he's not a switch hitter like me, but his, um, sometimes his like, flaws, like the things he has bad is actually mine. So I kind of like watch him to learn how he improves from it, how he learns from doing it and working on it. And that's just kind of what I imitate out of him. What are those things? What are those things that you see in him? Like um, there was at a time that he was like struggling, that I was watching him and I could tell he was struggling on like some like low type of pitch because he had to get more down. And I was actually struggling at the, at the time. And then he actually, um, he actually got out of it and I, and I, I learned what he was doing. And, that actually helped me get out of it, too. Your dad likes CC? No. Doesn't like Well, he, he likes him, but it's not like his favorite. Uh, okay. I would say his favorite Yankee pitchers are um, El Duque okay. and uh, Mariano Rivera. Okay. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Tell Pops to, to watch the CC documentary on HBO. Oh, yeah. I have to watch, watch that. Watch it first. Make mm -hmm. sure he's okay with it because, you know, it's, you're not 18, so I got to be, you know, there's some, some edgy stuff in there. But I'm going to tell you, you learn a lot about mistakes, yeah. a lot about vulnerability. Pal, thank you. This is cool. We wish you well, Thank okay? You. Thank you. Awesome. Danny summed it up very well, the Scout Size segments this week when she talked about the work that goes in. Picture this. You're writing a report for all 1,200 athletes to take part. Literally writing a respectable report for 1,200 athletes. It's a ridiculously long day, but their wisdom and what they bring to the table is incredible. Let's start with Greg Girard from the main event. Greg, what did you see through your Scout's eyes? Hey there, guys. This is Greg Girard, National Scouting Coordinator with Perfect Game, checking in, talking about the main event showcases, specifically the uncommitted 14U and 13U showcases that went on last week. I was, uh, on, I was at JetBlue South uh, covering the batting practice as well as some of the workouts and games for those events. Uh, a couple players that really stood out, especially at the 13U level, uh, Dion Cole, outfielder from uh, Ackworth, Georgia, um, uh, East Cobb Astros, his scout team, really impressive batting practice. Uh, probably the best round of any 13U level player, uh, with short hop in the wall and left already showing just really, really, really positive power, um, for his age already. A uh, couple of players, a uh, couple of twins actually, 
Alex and Hunter Harrington from San Diego, California. Um, really took a couple of very impressive batting practices as well. And also hopped on the mound and were up to 77 for Hunter and 81 for Alex uh, already, which is really, really impressive for players at that age. Um, 14U level player that was that caught my attention really, really immediately. Um, having infield drills uh, was Adrian Arizaga, a shortstop from Puerto Rico. Just took a really professional round. Uh, some of the best actions you're going to see at the 14U level then went out and had one of the best, if not the best, batting practice at Fort, the 14U showcase as well. Uh, just missing home runs at uh, JetBlue, clanging them off the big wall and left. Then at the uncommitted showcase, we had a player from Ohio named Luke Hammond. Uh, 6'4", really tall, athletic, lanky player, uh, right-handed hitter. Also a big-time wide receiver in Ohio. Um, just took a really, really positive round, just uh, showed the quickness of his hands, hit the ball from gap to gap, barreled everything. Um, really looks like a player that could play at the next level, no question, and uh, maybe even football as well. So those are a handful of guys that uh, caught my attention over the week, and uh, just stay tuned here as we have uh, Danny and uh, Darren getting back to you with uh, the Amateur Hour podcast. Every single week on ESPNU on Sirius XM Channel 84, Hunter Pence and I host Perfect Game College Baseball. And now college baseball is upon us. I mean, we're now within the weeks before we hope we get started with the 2021 season. Uh, you can hear, by the way, every Tuesday night at 10 o'clock Eastern. Recently, Hunter had a conversation with legendary head coach Ray Birmingham at New Mexico. It was talking about the edge the attitude and all things that go into playing for his program, playing for the Lobos, what is expected. And bottom line is Hunter remembers how they, and to quote him, brought it when he played his teams. Yeah, I think that having a chance to hear from a coach like Ray Birmingham and the insights into how, you know, they've got a bit of a chip on their shoulder, whether or not you see it, like they are ready to come at you, sneak attack and be, you know, this incredible powerhouse program. Even if that's not how everyone else in the country sees them, they know that they are a powerhouse. This is just absolutely incredible numbers. 1,200 wins, uh, like 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 Sutton said, uh, part of several different Hall of Fames, New Mexico Sports Hall of Fame. I, I realize I'm talking to a legend in baseball, and I have so many questions for you, but I'm going to start it uh, short. You said expect no, more numbers on the wall and go into Omaha. I know that 2020 got sh got cut short, but what gives you, like, the confidence to make that? What are you seeing, and, and what are these players, like, what, what's the foundation of that kind of comment this year? Well, I you, you, you grow up in New Mexico, and I'm a New Mexican, and uh, – you know, nobody goes on the list and says, hey, we're going to go Vanderbilt, we're in Texas, and then we're going to go New Mexico. This just doesn't happen. We're, we're an afterthought. So we have to be like Bregman or Cody Ross, who you played with. You know, you have to be extremely confident. Cody Ross was not a big guy, but he made himself a big guy. Cody Ross is right down the road, grew up right down the road from me. And, and it's just an attitude that we've established – that we have to have. We've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. So let's go. 
I love it, Ray. And and I got to say, I, I, I played you guys, I think, when I was in UT Arlington, and I felt that, and I never forgot it. So knowing, knowing nothing about New Mexico as a, as a kid from Texas, not very cultured, not traveling, uh, how do you instill that? Because I never – I, I literally felt your energy. I felt how confident – I felt how, how good New Mexico was. And, like, I came in as a Texas kid. Like, we're Texas – like, I, w- yeah. I was that. I embodied that. Like, we're, we're tougher, we're better. And then I was like, who's New Mexico? And I found out real quick that New Mexico was coming with it. How do you instill that into your teams? Um, because it's just it's incredible. It, and and I, I know for a fact that you're you're helping these kids with that with that mentality. Well, you had it. I mean, it's it. You've got nothing to lose and you've got a chance, an opportunity ahead of you to do incredible things, almost impossible things. And and baseball's that game that that lends to that. And uh, Alex Bregman, Alex Bregman, athletically, you wouldn't say he's in the top fifty percent, but he's worked at it. He's smart about it. He has an incredible work ethic, and so and he believes he can kick your butt. So uh, that's half the battle. You had it. Another scout's eye segment: the wisdom of these scouts, and certainly for. Jared Goodwin, he was so busy watching players and games, quad to quad stadium, watching batting practice. Uh, Let's ask him what he saw as he opens up his notebook. Jared Goodwin here uh, reporting from the uh, national underclass main event down in Fort Myers. It was uh, really exciting this year. 72 prospects ran a sub seven in the 60 yard dash with Elgin Bennett running a blazing 628. He's an Illinois commit. Also has kind of cleaned up the mechanics from the left side at the plate. We had 88 players with 90 mile an hour exit velos or better off the tee. Jacob Brown leading the way. He's a West Virginia commit with a uh, a huge output with a hundred mile per hour exit velo there. So really, really encouraging to see how how all these players have have spent their winners, um, and it, and it showed down in Fort Myers. I'm going to go through the 22 and 23 classes with some guys that you know stood out to all of our scouts and really have taken a step forward. John Pierre Ortiz, an FIU commit from Puerto Rico, might have been uh, the best prospect down in Fort Myers. He took a huge BP. Um, basically playing wall ball with that uh, big monster in left field uh, definitely has gained some gained some strength and he's always been able to pick it with a huge arm at shortstop Andrew Fisher a Duke commit showed one of the better approaches gap to gap from the left side with plenty of bat speed there Yoel Tejada Jr. uh, another 2022 he's committed to Florida a huge left-handed power Carson Bowen showed a massive right-handed power, big physical backstop. And Chandler Pollard, an uncommitted 2022, has really taken a step forward. He showed a good hit tool, uh, big loft power to to the pull side, and really stood out during drills as well. So he had a really good event. 2023 Antonio Anderson was just uh, awesome down in Fort Myers. He hits from both sides, but the right-handed swing was really locked in, and he looks like a guy that's going to continue to rise over the next couple years. Wesley Mendez is back healthy. Uh, he was in the low 90s on the mound during the game portion, but his BP, he, he just pummeled some balls to the middle of the field. Looked awesome. Uh, he looks strong, and he looks healthy. Uh, three other guys that kind of stood out. Uh, Nathan Coupe hit a couple home runs in the game, took a big BP. Alex Karst, a huge, imposing frame at six foot seven, uh, made the made the big monster look small at times. And Dylan Head might have had the best pure bat speed of anybody at the event. He's a 2023 and a Michigan commit 
And that left-handed uh, power and bat speed is just going to be exciting to, to watch over the next couple years. Thanks a lot, and we'll talk soon. Back to the main event and the Scouts Eyes segment, that huge showcase that went on right after Christmas, right before New Year's with more than 1,200 athletes. Jeremy Brown, what did you see? The 14U main event in its third year of existence continued the trend from what we saw from year one to year two, and that year two to year three, the talent took another step forward. The depth of the class is starting to show itself, the impact tools, impact prospects, everything that college coaches are going to look for heading into the summer as they start building up these young classes. The top 2024, when we came out with the top prospect list, was Puerto Rican shortstop Adrian Arizaga. He ran a 6.81 through 84 miles per hour across the infield, both bests of the event. Took one of the louder rounds of BP, went off the top of the green monster during his round. And really all the tools that are there along with the physical projection makes him one that you have to lock in on moving into the summer. Everett Johnson came into the event ranked number seven in our first release of the 2025 class rankings, and he did nothing to disprove that ranking. Left-handed bat with really fast hands. Johnson has the type of speed that you can project him to stay in center field and be an impact-type leadoff bat moving into the summer and even further down the road. As you kind of go down the list, the tools continue to jump out despite these kids still being 13, 14 years old, whether it's Austin Killingsworth running a sub-7 and throwing 84 miles per hour from the outfield. Jackson Miller leading the way with his velocity on the mound of 84 miles per hour or his exit velocity of physical bat out of Florida. Just keep going down. Sam Michelle was a lefty that I personally had never seen before, but he was up to 83 miles per hour. Quick arm, really clean operation. And when you take all the components of what he brought to the table, you know he's going to be a type of arm you need to follow very closely moving into the summer season. It's only year three of the event for the 14U main event showcase, but it's a great kickoff point for us moving into the summer season. Gives us a bunch of names to check in on moving forward as we continue to build our lists. And it once again lived up to all the expectations we had heading into the event. It's a leap in this podcast to talk to a 24. Never scared to do it on the SiriusXM radio show, but you wonder how it's going to go. We're pretty committed to the level of conversation on this podcast. Maybe snobby a little bit, if you will, because we've been spoiled by our, our half dozen episodes out of the gates with the best amateur baseball players in the world. But we took a chance with a 24, a Midwesterner by the name of Sam Erickson. And whether it was chatting about mom, whether it was chatting about big bro, uh, or who he is as, as a guy and an athlete, it was well worth our time. Okay, so here are two things you need to know about Sam Erickson. Number one, this was his first interview ever, which is not really that surprising. He's a freshman and he crushed it. And number That's two, shocking. he described, yeah, he crushed it. And and number two, he described his dad as a um, as a Viking or as a lion. Darren, a Viking lion. His dad describes him as a lion. Which one was it? <laughs> Either way, we used some pretty um, impressive adjectives to describe who Sam is and who his family is and where he comes from. And this is a kid you better you better follow. Remember his name. So Sam, I, I, whenever I hear Wisconsin, you know, I think Lake Michigan, right by Chicago. Got to be a Brewers fan. Got to be a Pack fan. You're like 30 minutes from Target Field. You could like get on your bike and get a good ride in and cross over the border and watch the Twins play. Uh, you are a Western, Western Wisconsinite. So 
for you, the sport of baseball, kind of give me the genesis of being kind of a Minnesota guy. You're like in the suburbs of Minneapolis. What's the beginnings of your love for baseball? Where did it come from? Was it the Twins? Was it Dad? What's your beginnings of your love for baseball? Um, it was definitely my dad. He, he loved baseball as a kid. He always, he never got many opportunities like this to play. So he just wanted to give it to me. And I caught on to it right away. And my brother, he helped too, a lot. So that, that helped a ton. And then Twins games is always fun to go to as a kid. And lately I haven't been able to, but next year, the year, year after, probably should be able to. Yeah, they're good again, man. Yeah. They're, they're fun again, <laughs> they really are. Yeah. Uh, your brother, let's stop there. Your older brother, Jack, you know, when you're, what are you, you're 24, so you're yeah. a couple years behind him. He's on his way to Creighton now. When you watched him do this, this is your first this, that's yeah. a showcase. When you watched him, when you talked to him, whatever you guys did, what did, what, what did you learn from him about this kind of showcase, kind of travel ball journey? Um, and what do you keep learning from him? How often do you guys communicate? Um, we talk pretty much every day. He's home right now for, on a break, but he really just taught me just play my best. Don't worry about like the stats and stuff. Just do your best and just really show what you got. So that's hard advice to heed, though. I'm going to yeah. be honest with you. Like, don't worry about the stats. Don't worry about what happens. Yeah. That's kind of hard to do, right? Yeah, for sure. It's so easy to just go into the perfect game and look up everything about yes, yourself. Yes, that's exactly right. So yeah. now that you've experienced this for a couple of days, you've done the running, you've done the throwing, you've done the hitting, without a turtle over you, which to me would freak me out, you know, yeah. taking BP just kind of naked right there, right? Yeah. <laughs> so you've done all that. What is This is your first showcase. For those that are curious about it, might be interested in doing it, What's it been like? Be descriptive. Um, well, the first day, it was really like just kind of overwhelming at first because there's a lot of different people from different places and different languages even. Mm -hmm. And getting to hit at the JetBlue Stadium, that's, that's enough worth the experience for me, honestly. That's, yeah, it's pretty fun. We haven't had a chance to spend a lot of time with you and watch you, so for those who have had no chances to see you, tell me about your game. Tell me about your style. Like, what makes you tick? Um, what do you What do you think about in the outfield when you're playing? Um, what do you look like at the plate? Like, break it down for us. All right. So outfield, usually I just depends on the pitcher. If we got a slower pitcher, I'm getting <laughs> a lot of balls. But if it's a good pitcher pitching really fast. Yeah. Then I get to just sit there and pick dandelions, basically. <laughs> but hitting all the time, I'm just trying to be relaxed and get my pitch mm -hmm. and get a couple pitches into the count and then really try to just hit the ball on a line to the outfield somewhere. Mm -hmm. And on the bases, too, just trying to get every single base that I can get and try to just squeeze it out sometimes, you know? Mm -hmm. So, but let's go back to the outfield for a second. How did you get to the outfield, and you know what is, what what do you want to be like when you in a few years, you know when you're getting ready to be drafted, like what kind of outfielder do you want to be? Um, I just try to be as quick as I can to the ball, and just try to take a quick route and just be fast. I guess mm -hmm. I'm pretty fast for my age, and my brother is too. I just try to be as quick as I can and get the ball. And yeah. as quick as I can, too. And how did you get to the outfield? How did you decide I want to be an outfielder? Oh, um, my, my travel team when I was like 12, 13, they needed an outfielder. I usually only played first base before that. And I just played outfield a couple times, and I just started to catch on to it. 
and then I just loved it after that. Got a couple of dive catches, and then you just hooked on it. Yeah, I always think it's really interesting, the like genesis of how someone found their position, right? Because it's kind of like the sorting hat, and you mm-hmm. ended up there. But now look at you trying to thrive in that position. So I, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's just sometimes like first base, that was just a no-brainer. I'm a lefty, and I'm I'm pretty big, not too big, but. Once I really started getting fast and agi- some agility, then I just hook- hooked onto the outfield, and then it just caught on there. Left-handed bat as well? I, re- I hit right-handed. So if I'm standing in that first base dugout and I'm looking across at you, right, and I'm seeing you from the side swing, what are some of the keys that I'm going to see in your swing? You know, from you know, the base, from your load, timing mechanism with your hands, you know, kind of from head to toe, what am I going to see if I'm sitting in that dugout, that, that first base dugout looking at you hit? All right, well, first I have an open stance. just helps me relax and just stay calm, really. I always breathe a lot, like in through the nose, out through the mouth. Just try to really relax, keep my hands loose. And then when the pitcher starts his going up with his leg, then that's when I start my load. And then when, then when I, it's hard to explain like timing really. But when I I'm listening, you can give it a shot. All right. Um, just when the ball seems like, I just try to let the ball travel deep into the zone, and then I just try to hit line drives. Nothing too high because that usually gets caught. But just line drives in the gap, and then try to get some doubles. How does a 15-year-old consume baseball? In other words, above you, or is it your colleagues that are ranked with you, or is it? All of the above. Now, it's going to be college baseball, too, with your brother. Yeah. But how does a 15-year-old consume baseball? Will I ever find you sitting in front of a two-and-a-half, three-hour game and just watching an entire Twins game? How do you consume the sport? Um, a lot of times, I like to just play with my brother, like play catch and just hit with him. I've been doing that a lot lately since he's been home. But sure. A lot of times, I don't, I don't watch too many games. I just watch the best players, like highlight reels and all that. That's usually the best stuff to watch sometimes. Who are those guys that you like? Um, Mike Trout, Andrew McCutcheon's pretty cool. Um, who else? Mookie Betts, he's pretty sweet. And then Jose Altuve, he's pretty cool. How tall are you? I'm 5'11". You're already taller than all those guys. <laughs> Not <laughs> yeah. all of them. But you get my point. You're, you're drawn to guys that are kind of overachievers. Yeah. Trout's a superstar, but mm. you know when you look at the height of the guys you're mentioning, those are guys that are very famous yeah. for being undersized stars. Yeah. That's very interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah, I, I didn't notice that until now. It's yeah, pretty cool. You know, a compact swing at least keeps your swing short when you watch yeah. him hit, right? Yeah, for sure. Look at you, just pointing things out like that. I love that. <laughs> I just I have no research, so I'm just listening. Yeah. <laughs> so outside baseball, what are you interested in? What what are you doing? What are you what are you spending your time on? Um, well, first thing, I, I just like practice and hit in a cage usually because that's all you can do in Wisconsin <laughs> in the winter at least. But other than that, I play video games really, and I got a ukulele, which is fun just mm-hmm. to practice. I don't know. It's just new and different. But you're also a multi-sport athlete, right? Yeah. I'll, I don't play other sports right now, but I will in the future. Yeah. So I, I love when guys are able to do that and I know it's hard to balance it with everything and especially with school and also trying to rise up the ranks of baseball but how do those other sports basketball and what was the other one you said Uh, football basketball and football how do do those make you better Um, well it just helps you because you use other parts of your brain that you don't usually use and 
sometimes practicing other sports and taking a break from baseball can be good too because mm -hmm. you don't get burnt out as easily and it can, it can just help you get better at skills you didn't think you would need to have for baseball. Yeah, and, and just really quickly, so we've been talking about you know, where you're from and it's not, um, you know, it's freezing in the winters yeah. and the, the window for baseball is smaller to do the things that you want. Mm -hmm. So what makes you like, you know, are you, do you represent, you know, your home state and, and where you're from when you come to something like this? Or do you think about the fact that like, sometimes we put more emphasis on guys from California and Texas and Florida than a guy from Wisconsin? Yeah, usually it's better if you're from down south because you have more time to more time to develop really mm -hmm. but some people here don't even know where Wisconsin is because <laughs> I've talked to some people they don't even know where it is so there's a couple of people from Wisconsin and Minnesota here but it's just good to represent the area yeah. and show that we can play too I guess love it I'm kind of sad for those people Sam I gotta be honest <laughs> with you not because I lived in Wisconsin for five years but at 15 you should probably know where Wisconsin yeah. is <laughs> just throwing that out there please don't mention any names because yeah, well, no you don't want to know you don't know where Wisconsin is I mean maybe I could get Delaware no offense Delaware but I mean know where Wisconsin is so Todd anecdotally tell me something about Todd and um, uh, maybe maybe the last great piece of advice he gave you um well he's just uh we're like we're like blood relatives of like Vikings from like uh, Sweden, I think, and he's just a very aggressive person. Usually, just he always goes and gets everything he wants, and not in like a bad way, but he's just a fighter. He's a lion. He always tells me to be a lion. That's very vivid. I love that. Yeah, that, that, that was like wow. not what I was expecting. No, <laughs> it's so Wait a cool. Second. Like my dad supports me. He works hard. He pays for all my travel ball. Yeah. No offense to all of you that gave that answer in the past, but that's great. So Viking blood runs through you. Yeah. And there's a there's a the aggression that you need to to make sure you tap into, right? Yeah, I'm not quite like him, but I, I can be aggressive when I need to be. Well, then that leads me to definitely ask about his better half, Emily, your mom. Tell me yeah. about her. Um, she's a hard worker. She, she doesn't like her job, but she works hard and tries to do her best, support the family. And she gets to as many games as she can come to, but sometimes she's just got to work, but it's okay. She, she provides, and she's a good mom. It leads me to ask this question, and this has nothing to do with your listening audience out there, folks, or the podcast, but what do you think she'd love to do if she could do it? Because I know people in my life that do for the pay, and that's fine. There's nothing yeah. wrong with that. She's your mom. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. But if she could really do what she really wanted to do, what would she be doing? Um, she wanted to be a teacher, I know. Cause, but her, her uh, mom actually told her that it doesn't pay high enough, so she couldn't do that. But um, what else did she want to do? She, want, she likes pharmacy. She just wants to help people. That's yeah. all she wants to do. She just wants to help people and just make this place a better place for everyone. Yeah, well, let's you and I hope together she gets to do what she wants to do someday, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. I mean, that, that, would, be, that would be super cool. Um, maybe just back to dad for a quick second. Mm -hmm. The conversations that you have with him, um, baseball and non-baseball related, can you share some insight into that? Um, usually it's baseball related. He's just talk, always talking about like the latest Twins game or something like that. Mm -hmm. But he always just tells me to just put my mind to whatever I'm, whatever I want to do, and just do it. 
and just really focus hard. I'm I'm such a geek about the mental game, the mind. So what you know, what do you do to strengthen that muscle? Um, I don't know what really there is to do, but just just get good sleep, eat good, and just like. Well, that must be hard for a 15 year old, right? Yeah. Um, my mom, she she cooks too. She makes really good meals, and that's so she. I get a good meal every night. And Example. Like, um, <laughs> what's my favorite? Um, she makes really good like beef over noodles sometimes. Love it. And she makes really good tacos. Last time Sold. I. I had like 12 tacos last time she made them because they're so good. Make a note of that. Yeah. <laughs> Mom makes great tacos. First good note. <laughs> I feel like beef over noodles is like Viking food. Classic. Yeah, it's yeah. just that's Viking. It's like 12 below outside. <laughs> He's being a lion indoors. She's got to calm him down and some Viking food. That is awesome. Yeah, that's very cool. That's great, man. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks for the opportunity. That was fun. Yes. That was fun. By the way, He's got a better voice than anyone out there. Like, he's he ready to call games right now. Yeah. Like, Dick Bremer's gone. <laughs> so the moment that he decides he wants to call games, Dick Bremer's out. I mean, Corey Provis is out. Have this you heard that voice. before? Has anyone no, ever told really. you that? I'm not a very talkative person, but... Well, you've been plenty talkative. Yeah, right totally, now. totally forthright, yeah, too. I mean, 100%. transparent. Like, you won the podcast game with the, the Viking <laughs> reference. I mean, that was Seriously. You're... Thank you, pal. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I never thought I'd be doing this my first showcase. <laughs> so we're on site a lot, Danny, and we love Zoom and it's fun. And tech this year has saved all of us in the content business. But there's nothing like a face-to-face interview when putting a podcast together. Most podcasts aren't and they don't have it. And our budget won't allow us to fly around the country to the best prospects in the world. But man, there's, there's no better way to do it than to see the genuine smile, to understand when the eyes open wider. If you're going to poke fun at somebody, as I'm never afraid to do, and it makes it fun, it's more fun to do it in person than over Zoom. Things can get lost in translation. This was a really great, great podcast. No, we got really lucky to be able to do, you know, an, an early podcast because obviously we want this to last forever and ever to do one of our earlier podcasts in person with these guys. And I also think it's important when you're working with younger players to be able to be there in person and kind of make them feel comfortable, right? If we do our jobs right, they're going to open up. And we definitely did our jobs right with Sam and Yoel in person, but just having a chance to kind of interact with each other. And it brings the podcast to a new level. It's, it's a new life of a podcast. Um, so hopefully we can do it more, but it, this is a special one. Yeah. And, and I think we'll, we'll do it. I mean, I think we'll do it every time. I know um, you may be hitting the road here, going to a couple of showcases in January. Uh, I know I'm going to get out when I can. We have the high school showdown event that's coming up. You know, some of the best high school teams in the country in March. So let's just commit to doing it. Um, what is it they're supposed to do? They're supposed to subscribe, like, Share. share. Do they share? Okay. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then unsubscribe and resubscribe. <laughs> you can do that if you want, but we prefer if you just stay subscribed. Um, we would really be happy with that. I'll, I'll write you an individual thank you note. If you could stay subscribed, please. All right. And let me, let me hit you up early when I, when I wish you guys for next year, happy new year. <laughs> happy new year.